0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This
1: week on the Chicago Bears Review. Preseason is done, the rosters are set, and we are all the way ready to finally kick off 2017 with the Week 1 battle with the defending NFC champion, Atlanta Falcons. Can the Bears stand up to the champs, or will they just swoop over us? Matt Carolee from Bloggin' Dirty joins us on the week one preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Oh, how sweet it is. It's so close you can almost taste it. Sunday, just around the corner, officially kicking off the 2017 regular season and thus unfolds the future of our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week one preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Welcome to the season premiere. Episode for 2017. I know we've got, I don't know what, 23, 24 episodes under our belt in this calendar year thus far leading up to this, but this is, you know, this is episode number one for the year. Matt Carrolly from bloggingdirty.com for the Atlanta Falcons will be joining us here in just a few minutes. Uh, had a great conversation with him. He was even interviewing me at, at times, you know, being the reporter uh, that he is asking me about uh, the Bears and what we can expect and uh, so on. So we had some fun uh, doing that uh, so far. And, um, you know, it's like, it's just, do I sound excited? Because I am. I mean, even though I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant and I'm, I'm terrified uh, of what what this team may or may not be able to do this year, I'm excited for it to get underway so we can answer some of these questions because you hear me talk about it with with Matt. I have no idea what to expect from this team. You know, number 1, are we finally going to alleviate ourselves of the injury bug this year? Are we going to get an honest look at this team, you know, or are we going to have to look at it through the through the gaze of, you know, uh, of the next man up and, you know, uh, this is the the team that we're stuck with because the team that we wanted to put on the field uh, half of them are on in injured reserve, and so someone, uh, and, and so forth. You know how honest a look at the Bears are we going to get this year? After being deprived that for the last two seasons, uh, especially, um, you know, all the guys on injured reserve, and uh, you know, the, you know, the, that the, you know, I think back to the Titans game, you know, where our four, five, and six receivers were one, two, and three. You know, not to mention the fact that uh, Matt Barkley was, uh, you know, a practice squad quarterback for us, and he was starting that game against Tennessee, and and all the rest of that. So, I mean, that was on the offensive side of the ball, you know. And defense is going to be at at a premium on the defensive side, just because you'll hear me tell Matt that is definitely the better side of the football for us, and uh, the health and and production of that side of the ball, I think, will determine the fate of the entire season uh, for us. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, I, I'm anxious to see how it's all going to get started. Um, you, you, you can't put too much stock in week one just because it's such a schizophrenic week of the season. Um, you know, I, I hark, I harken heark, back to the, the, you know, 1996, the bears start the year on Monday night football at home against the defending world champion, Dallas Cowboys. And we took the Cowboys to the woodshed uh in that one. I mean Emmett Smith gets injured uh in that game, has to go to the hospital. Um Brian Cox in his first year in a bear uniform, coming off the edge, sacking the quarterback. I mean, we just took the Cowboys, I mean, we just whooped the Cowboys 22 to seven or something like that. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even that close and yet we had a garbage season in, in 1996. It didn't matter at all that we started off the year by embarrassing the, the world champs uh, on national TV. So, uh, you know, take what you will from week one. Um, it Very, very seldom is a window into what you can expect for the rest of the year, even if our Bears manage to pull off an upset and beat the champs on the, uh, you know, at home uh, against the Falcons on Sunday, it will, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that we're going to be world beaters, uh, for the rest of 2017. So everybody just, we got to take it one game at a time, folks, one game at a time. Uh, we're going to focus on the Falcons and, you know, when, when you hear me and Matt talking, um, you know, he has a high opinion of the bears. He does a higher opinion than most national media does, but, um, you know, which doesn't take much. I mean, they're, you know, I saw the Bears the power rankings. I was I was pleased to see the Bears at twenty-five, but we're still in that that bottom quarter uh, of the uh, of the of the league. And uh, you know, I, I do think that we are better uh than that. It's the offense that's that, that absolutely terrifies me. We'll talk about that here uh in just a little bit. But um, you know, I, I, I'm very excited uh to get this season underway, start answering these questions about what this team is going to be. Uh, to see how much of this off season, which has been so disappointing from the outside looking in for Bear fans, how much did this off season actually help us or, or, or was it what we uh, what most of us perceive to be just a, you know, a building block for, you know, a bunch of wait and see guys that uh, are going to contribute in 2018 with Trubisky and and Tariq Cohen and, and Adam Shaheen and, and, and what not. Uh, or will we get some impact from our rookie class like we have the last couple of years and, and continue to build this roster that that Ryan Pace wants to mirror the Packers as far as all this homegrown talent uh, that we have that's going to lead us into the future and uh, and beyond. So, uh, you know, anxious to get to the bottom of, of some of these uh, questions. And, um, you know, a couple of interesting things uh, this week. Number one, um, we talked about it uh, during the... Um, the the picks that stick the week before a review show uh last week where lamar houston uh was put on injured reserve and um rumor was that uh the bears would be releasing him with an injury settlement well that happened it happened earlier today as a matter of fact and um uh lamar houston just watched a video actually of uh lamar houston very uh very being very classy and 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 thanking chicago for the for his time for his three years with the bears organization wishing us the best in 2017 and to uh, you know thank him thank us for our support of him and that uh you know he hopes to to be playing and, and you know believes that he will be playing and and wishes us the best of luck it's real classy about 45 seconds long if you get a chance to uh to check it out uh, that did happen uh earlier today um speaking of injured reserve we added another body to the list but this was the this is the short-term IR list. DeAndre Hall, who uh, you know made the 53-man roster, put on the uh, the short-term IR um, with a hamstring injury. I think he suffered against the uh, Browns uh, last Thursday night. With uh, and and taking his place, uh, John Jenkins, a defensive lineman that um, got cut uh, by the Bears, he gets brought back, activated to the 53-man. Uh, roster will be our backup nose tackle uh, this season, so that was one of the roster moves that was made uh, by the Bears uh, this week. DeAndre Hall uh, put on the short-term IR, and uh, but that keeps him off for at least the first half uh, of the season. So maybe he'll be, uh, you know, it was a hamstring injury, so I expect him to come back, and we'll see what kind of what you know correlating roster moves will get made uh, if DeAndre Hall is somebody that we bring back. Uh, this season, but John Jenkins adds some good depth to our defensive line, a quality veteran behind, uh, Eddie Goldman, who unfortunately has had issues with injuries, uh, in his young career. So hopefully that can be avoided. And, uh, we'll see a lot more of Eddie than we will of John Jenkins. So, um, the depth chart was also released, uh, this week. And, um, you know, I don't think there are really any surprises, uh, John Fox uh, made it sound like he was making headlines by announcing Trubisky was the number two quarterback behind Mike Glennon. I don't think that surprised anyone uh, who heard it, um, including you know Mark, Mike, uh, Mitch, and uh, Mark Sanchez. But um, you know that was the depth chart: Mike Glennon uh, one, Trubisky two, Sanchez three. Running backs: Jordan Howard, then Tariq Cohen getting the call at number two. Benny Cunningham, third, and our our waiver wire pickup, Taquan Mazel, coming in at number four right now. Wide receivers on one side, we got Kevin White. Other side, we got Kendall Wright. So good luck with that tongue twister all season long. Uh, Backups, uh, Deontay Thompson, Marcus Wheaton. (laughs) Marcus Wheaton, don't get me started. Uh, Josh Bellamy and Trey McBride, the guy we picked up off waivers. Tight ends, Deion Sims is at the top of the depth chart. Zach Miller, two. Shaheen three and Daniel Brown four. On the offensive line, from right to left, Bobby Massey, Josh Sitton, Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long at left guard, and Charles Leno at the tackle. Uh with backups uh from the right side. Tom Compton uh is our swing tackle on the right. Uh Cody Whitehair, a backup at both guard positions. Haronis Grassu, the backup center, and Bradley Sowell, the backup left tackle. So that's the offensive. Uh, on, that's the offense in a nutshell. Oh yeah, and our fullback Michael Burton, the one and only. So he's number one on the depth chart, no matter what. Lucky guy. Uh, on the defensive side, and our offensive, or, excuse me, our defensive line across the front: Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Mitch Unrine, still on the top of the depth chart there. Uh, backups: Roy Robertson, Harris, John Jenkins, and Jonathan Bullard. So a lot of youth on the defensive line there. Uh, with Harris and uh, Robertson Harris and Bullard and Eddie Goldman. Akeem Hicks is only, I think, in his fourth or fifth year and, uh, and everything. You know, Mitch Unrine's the wily veteran there. Uh, outside linebackers, Willie Young and Leonard Floyd at the top of the depth charts. Pernell McPhee, Sam Acho, the backups. Jarrell Freeman and and uh, Danny Trevathan, who is chomping at the bit, man. He was talking to the media today. He is ready to go. So uh, he's going to be healthy and playing week one against the Falcons. Uh, backups Christian Jones, Nick Quetkowski. Um, then in the secondary, Prince of Mukamura, Marcus Cooper listed as top cornerbacks with Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller backing them up. Craven LeBlanc, Sherrick McManus uh, at the bottom there. And the safeties, Quentin Dempsey, and Eddie Jackson, the fourth round draft choice uh, taking over as our uh, one of, as our starting safeties with Dion Bush and Adrian Amos backing them up. And then, no surprise, with special teams, Pat O'Donnell, Connor Barth, and our waiver wire pickup, Andrew Depola is our long snapper. And Deontay Thompson, the top kick returner. Bryce Callahan listed as the top punt returner. So, um, you know, Benny Cunningham, Cravon LeBlanc, uh, Tariq Cohen is in there, Eddie Jackson. Um, but I think we're going to try to keep Eddie Jackson healthy and on the field as a safety rather than as a kickoff specialist. So um, that is pretty much all we have there. And then finally, uh, our look at the injury report for our beloved um, Prince of Mukamura, who is at the top of the depth chart, has not practiced yet. Uh, With with the ankle injury, he suffered in the first 10 seconds of the Titans game. Um, Sam Acho, nursing an ankle injury, has been limited so far this week jonathan bullard with the glute injury he's got a sore booty um has been limited as well Uh, eddie jackson was limited on wednesday but was full participation on friday with the groin injury kyle long did not practice wednesday but was limited today so uh, i read that he's unlikely to play uh, on sunday which sucks but uh hopefully that's not true but um we'll have to wait and see sherrick mcmanus nursing a hamstring has been limited Pernell McPhee has been limited, still coming off the uh, pup list with the knee injury. And uh, Marcus Wheaton did not practice yesterday, was limited in practice today. So uh, we'll have a better thought with the percentages on Doubtful and so on and so forth. That happens on Friday. So um, we'll see what uh, where they list uh, Kyle Long. He's, he's the most interesting name on that list is Kyle Long and probably Pernell McPhee as well to see what they're listed as um, tomorrow when they have to, when they put the designations on them, are they doubtful? Are they, you know, uh, probable and so on and so forth. Um, When those uh, come out uh, tomorrow, then we'll have a better indication of how the team at least officially feels uh, the playing status for, for long and McPhee and the rest of them uh, for Sunday will be. So anyway, that is all that I have to get things started. Um, injury reports and so on and so forth and I'm uh, going to go ahead and step aside and bring in our first guest of 2017 Matt Carole from BlogAndDirty.com, helping us preview Bears Falcons for week number one Here we are on September 7th less than just less than 72 hours away from uh, as Matt has been saying in his tweets lately, mean, mean, lately meaningful football kicking off between our beloved Chicago Bears and the defending NFC champion Atlanta Falcons and here to join us to, to preview this matchup between our two beloved squads Matt Carrolly from Blogging Dirty to help us out Matt what's going on man
0: not much, Larry. Uh, I'm excited to be on here to talk about, like you said, meaningful football, and to talk about this matchup. And uh, I think Bears fans are going to be pretty uh, happy with me after the show's over. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to prop up the Bears uh, a little bit more than a lot of the national media has probably been doing. Well, to tell you uh, the truth, that
1: is not uh, going to that's not going to be hard to do. You know, because uh, we are getting no love for the Bears uh, whatsoever. I so know. Uh, it, it won't take much to prop them up any to prop him up more than the national media has it won't take much so um but you know as as we as we all know the preseason tells us everything that we need to know and unfortunately that means that the falcons are going to have an abysmal season because they went oh and four uh in the preseason i mean that absolutely tells us everything right That's that's a window into the future that the team has right
0: yeah you're absolutely right uh larry i mean uh you know it's not like uh, in 2008 uh, we had the Lions go 4 and 0 or anything, and then you know, uh, oh wait, uh, then they ended up going I think 0 and 16 if I'm not mistaken. You know that what? Year, I b- so. I
1: believe you're right. That that is absolutely yeah, what happened so. here. Yeah.
0: I guess the preseason doesn't tell us uh, anything at all. But well, damn. So
1: uh, you know, I thought we had a chance on no Sunday. No surprises in- there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> sorry. Uh, burst that bubble but uh i think the falcons will be all right this season despite going on 4 in the preseason but we'll see remains to be seen
1: right so despite their the fact that they didn't win any of the games you know what did the preseason show you um you know from the falcon i mean did did julio jones play much did you see enough of him did did he play at all you know like more importantly how did the dress rehearsal game look that's kind of the one that kind of gives you a window into what the season is going to be how did the falcons look in that game uh
0: so yeah i mean to address your first question julio actually saw maybe four snaps total in the entire preseason um (laughs) come nursing that um foot injury that uh he had surgery on the offseason so we really didn't see much of him we really didn't see much of taylor gabriel who figures to possibly be the, the wide receiver two for the falcons um, and then we also didn't really see much of Devontae Freeman who set out the final three preseason games with, with a concussion. Um, but I think what we did see the most, and I'll, I'll address it in the, in the dress rehearsal game too. I mean, we saw a lot from this defense uh, from the Falcons defense, um, a lot to be excited about. I mean, in the first two uh, games against the Dolphins and the Steelers, uh, the first team defense had, I think four drives that they played and, had more three and outs than they didn't i think they had three three and outs and maybe one drive where they allowed a couple first downs um so there's a lot to be excited in that regard um tack mckinley the first round pick that falcons fans have been uh waiting for um he made his debut in the second preseason game and uh he showed a lot of burst off the edge um against some pretty quality competition in, in uh Pittsburgh Steelers left tackle Villanueva, who, who got treated to a pretty nice deal in the offseason. I mean, he, uh, he blew past the guy uh, on his way to the quarterback, so fans are very excited about him. Um, I think he's going to be full go in week one against the Bears in the nickel. And then to the talk about the, uh, the dress rehearsal game, uh, the, one, the one concern and the national media definitely picked up on this in a couple of their articles, first-team offense looked pretty bad. Uh, in that just rehearsal game, Matt Ryan, uh, it's funny, his first career pass in the Georgia Dome uh, went for a 65-yard touchdown. Hmm. His first career pass in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, was picked off uh, by the Cardinals, uh, Tyron Matthew, off a deflection. So that's kind of some comedic irony uh, for Falcons fans. But they, they didn't look too hot, um, but, again, I'm not, I'm not very concerned about that. Uh, I think a lot of the times in preseason games, offensive coordinators are kind of handcuffed. They don't want to show too much in these warm-up games and, and want to save it for the regular season. So, despite that, I mean, uh, I'm not too concerned. Uh, I, I think the positive takeaway, like I said, is this defense uh, showed a lot of promise and, and possibly could, could be a top 10, top 15 unit. Um, which is a, a huge improvement from last year when they were in the uh, low to mid twenties. So th- those are a couple of the takeaways that I got from the preseason.
1: Sure, sure, sure. And um, you know, you, you mentioned Devonte Freeman. He had the the concussion that kept him out for the majority of the uh, preseason. Did did you did you lose anyone? Or are you going to be missing anyone when you play uh, when we play each other on Sunday?
0: Um, no, I mean the only the only one who hasn't been a uh, you know, either limited or full participant in practice is right now the fourth-string running back who, who was our fifth-round pick, Brian Hill. Hmm. Um, he's likely not to, to suit up, but I don't think he would have suited up regardless. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a game-day inactive on my, on most games uh, this season. So other than that, Falcons got a, a pretty clean bill of health, which I think uh, is more than, than you guys are, are able to say, which uh, I, I kind of want to get uh, your thoughts on a couple injuries. I mean, Marcus Wheaton... To see Kyle Long and and Prince Mukamara seems to be banged up uh what what is what's the status of those those guys going going in Sunday
1: Uh well the bears released the depth chart uh this week and Kyle Long was on the top of it um so I think that that I mean he probably would have been there regardless but I think that uh he is going to play uh on Sunday it would be the first game action that he's seen uh thus far Marcus Wheaton <laughs> Don't get me started on Marcus Wheaton. He uh <laughs> you know, he had appendicitis to start out with, with training camp. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing anybody can do about that. So he was out a couple of weeks, fine. He comes back, his very first practice back from the appendicitis, he broke a pinky finger. And he had to have surgery oh, wow. on that. So he hasn't seen a snap uh of, of football in the in the preseason. And I'm not sure what his status is for uh for sunday at this point i haven't looked at the uh injury report uh today so um i don't know what what his uh status is but the fact that we lost cameron meredith in the dress rehearsal game against the titans um you know just makes any injury that we have in the wide receiving core amplified times 10 so i mean we're hurting that wide receiver even if we had cam meredith on the on the roster and lose him for the year you know leaves us with we don't know what we have with kevin white we don't know what we have with with marcus Sweeton. um you know josh bellamy deontay thompson we just picked up trey mcbride off of waivers from tennessee you know these these guys that uh, you know are, are three four and five guys are probably just special teamers that might have to catch a pass from time to time so i mean the wide receiving corps it terrifies me actually so um
0: yeah i mean you- you bring up, not to cut you off, but you bring up Kevin White, and that that's another thing that I was kind of um, interested in to hear your thoughts. I mean, I know you said you don't know what you have with Kevin White. Did he show anything in the preseason as far as that he can potentially live up to his draft stock and maybe be the Bears' number one wide receiver?
1: No. No, he didn't. <laughs> it's, and I don't know, and I hope to God that's by design, okay, because we did not see a lot out of this offense, period, as far as, you know, I mean, we saw Trubisky throw one deep ball in the preseason. He threw it for a 45-yard touchdown against Tennessee uh, late in the in the game. Aside that from that, throw. it oh, really was. That was. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, but the rest of it was dink and dunk with, we you know, five yards, crossing routes, you know, rolling out to the left or the right and anything like that. That though Loggins pretty much just stayed on one sheet of the playbook the entire preseason it was run light run left run up the middle and then maybe throw a five yard out or anything there wasn't anything dynamic or you know exciting about the offense in the preseason and i hope to god it was because he was holding back as opposed to you know this is the best that we're going to be able to do uh, on offense if jordan howard isn't running for first downs then we're pretty much just completely limited uh on the offensive side uh of the ball so um to, to flip that on you though, with, with uh with Deontay Freeman or Devontae Freeman, I should say, with him out, um, what was the running game like for the Falcons in the preseason?
0: I mean it's it's how you would imagine it. It was it was pretty non existent. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman got a little run, but um I, I think where Tevin Coleman thrives is is more, you know, in space, out of the backfield, catching passes, um, instead of, you know, running between the tackles. So, you know, with not having that aspect of the game, I mean you know then you're you're looking at the third and fourth string running backs and and the thing of it is, I mean, when those guys were in the game, uh one of the big stories of of the Falcons preseason was the lack of offensive line depth, and it was it was apparent like it popped at you. you could see that these guys had no business being on the field and and that's what you know led the Falcons to making two moves, which they made in the, uh, in during the preseason, they picked up, uh, Austin pastor who actually is still recovering from, from a pec injury. And I, a former Browns, uh, guard slash tackle played 16 games, uh, last season for them. Um, he's still, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be healthy for week one, but they, that that's how bad the offensive line depth was that they felt the need. They had to get him in the building, just, kind of get him ready for when he is uh healthy to return and then they also uh last week which was kind of a shocker and you know kind of wasn't too happy about it um the move but they gave up a fifth round pick to the broncos to bring in uh ty sombrilo Hmm. who also has the ability to play tackle and guard And, and sombrilo is uh you know notorious uh around falcon circles as the guy that kind of gave up uh Vic Beasley's breakout game last season in week four he <laughs> allowed three sacks um and, and there was all these tweets going on around that were making jokes like oh yeah you saw uh Vic Beasley get three sacks uh on him but yeah let's sure let's bring him in the building why not um so you know I I guess he's gonna be the week one swing tackle and hopefully it doesn't come to him but if it does I mean you know, at least the guy does have um, starting experience and he's a veteran as opposed to Falcons. basically had four or five undrafted free agents battling for that spot and and none of them show that that they deserve to be out there. So, you know, I feel a little bit better about the depth situation there, but again, I mean, uh, they're not inspiring uh, choices by any means, but they have experience. So, again, hopefully we don't have to use them, but uh, usually, you know... Injuries strike throughout the season; you can't avoid them. So
1: right, how's Alex Mack doing? He got hurt in the Super Bowl, right?
0: That's correct. Uh, by all accounts, I mean he he's looked like uh, he's returned to a full bill of health. Um, Good. I'm not really concerned about him. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Um, but uh, I think I think the main thing is they did. Uh, so the Falcons had a big right right guard battle to replace the retired Chris Chester. Mm. Uh, and it was between Wes Schweitzer the uh the sixth round pick from 2016 um and Ben Garland who was a kind of a journeyman you know do it all uh lineman who also plays some defensive tackle believe it or not and uh ended up going with the youngster Wes Schweitzer who I pegged from the start that he should be the guy and and he will be the guy just based off of use and upside and and athleticism and and he did prove that he was he was the better guy so Falcons will be starting a guy uh, making his first career start on uh, on Sunday against the Bears. So that 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 could be a matchup the Bears might be able to exploit. Uh, I think Akeem Hicks will probably be the guy Ooh. in pass rush situations in the middle. Is that is that true? Am I am I mistaken on that?
1: They like to move Akeem around, so it could be. So they uh, they they like to do okay. that from time to time. So it uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that did happen uh, once or twice. And I
0: guess for now. For maybe too. He gets he gets some run in the in the middle on, on you Nichols know what situation.
1: McFie had uh, McPhee was losing fans by the second uh, during the preseason. Um, you know, oh, wow. he, he missed a lot of time last year. He started last year on the pup list with uh, you know recovering from knee surgery uh, over the uh, over the off season. So we didn't see him until week seven. He finally comes in, and then uh, he missed a game or two uh, with an, you know, with an injury here or there. And then this year, you know, all we heard about was during the off season, he's losing weight, you know, which is going to take pressure off those knees. He's in the best shape of his life. And then the preseason and training camp rolls around and during his physical, they spot an irregularity in his knee and he had to have his other knee scoped, missed the entire preseason. And was on the pup list for the entire preseason, and um, you know everyone is basically trying to find this guy a bus ticket out of town because you know he can't stay healthy. And then at the last second, the Bears pulled him off of the pup list and activated him for for week one. So we haven't seen McPhee this year, or you know, thus far, and all we've seen is is Leonard Floyd and Willie Young uh, doing their thing uh, in the preseason and. If, if you know, if the football gods want to shine that sun on us, Leonard Floyd's going to be a beast. And uh, he might be somebody you guys have to worry about on Sunday. Willie Young likes to get after the quarterback. He has trouble closing, but he gets there. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if Pernod McPhee can, uh, can play on Sunday, then, you know, we'll see. But he's not going to start like you'd expect him to. It's going to be Willie Young and Leonard Floyd. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's news to me. I did see that uh, you guys parted ways with with uh,
1: Lamar, Lamar Houston. Houston. I mean, yeah.
0: What did did you accidentally like get the wrong name? Did did they mean to send Pernell McPhee <laughs> out and they sent out Lamar Houston instead? Like you know, dude, I like, think the way you're talking, I didn't. I'm shocked to hear that. That that's how uh, I. I thought Pernell McSee was going to be a player to watch, but maybe, uh, maybe well, I'm mean, wrong on that, I
1: guess. In a perfect world, he is. If he's fully healthy, yeah. then he's definitely somebody that needs to be watched out for 100%. But as far as, like, Bear fans and our patience with the injuries over the last few years, to hear <laughs> that this guy that we're paying seven $8 million a year to, to rush the passer can't stay healthy enough to actually do it, you know, when we've been riddled with injuries for just about anyone that's important, including a guy like Lamar Houston, you know, another season like that, and he'll be joining Lamar Houston on the unemployment line. It's just all there is to it. So, you know, Lamar Houston, unfortunately, tore his ACL week two last year, missed basically the entire season, and then re-injured his knee against the the Browns in the, you know, fighting for a roster spot. He hurt his knee on, on the, that last Thursday uh, against the Browns. It's not a season ender, but the Bears put him on injury reserve, and then they released him today off of injury reserve. I believe they did a injury settlement with him too. So yeah, his days in Chicago unfortunately are over and that's a that's a bust of a free agent signing. Thank you very much, Phil Emery. So but <laughs> I think um, I
0: think that's kind of why I'm I'm so high on the Bears too, because like you said, if, if God does shine shine his light in Chicago and <laughs> and everyone is healthy, they they have, they have the personnel, I think. I mean maybe, maybe there's a couple position groups, I mean secondary probably. Uh, you could use some uh, upgrades, wide receiver, you know, obviously there's a lot of question marks there, but yeah. if God shines his light on Kevin white and Kevin white, uh, rounds out the way, uh, everyone thought he would when he came out. I mean, that's someone that, that can be a wide receiver one and could be a thousand yard receiver. And then lastly, obviously quarterback It all, it'll all come down to the quarterback play and, and what Mike Glennon does. And then obviously what Trubisky can do, but I, I think there's talent in this building, uh, that the bears aren't that far off uh as long as everyone stays healthy uh you know they they can they can uh, cause some damage to teams that 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 are sleeping on them.
1: Oh and I and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean I definitely think that um despite the fact that this offseason did not inspire much uh joy in bear fans including myself this year because we went we we went again. We did not go the way we thought things were going to go in free agency instead of going and getting some of the the big name guys that we had more than enough cap room to get. We went and got a bunch of mid uh, mid-level guys. But, you know, I, I, I see the method in Pace's madness that we're maybe going for more depth than we were trying to ring in the top of the depth charts because, like we said, injuries have been such an issue for the Bears that the next man up has been a steep drop off from the guy that was first in line. So, um, you know, seeing what we've done to go out and get uh, a Marcus Cooper and a Prince of Mukamura and uh, Quentin Demps to try to bolster up the, the secondary to add to the Bryce Callahan's and the Craven LeBlanc's and the Kyle Fuller's who's magically made the roster when he didn't look like he had a snowball's chance in hell of doing it at the beginning of uh, training camp um you know it looks like we got we have more there if somebody goes down we're not pulling somebody off the street to be a starter for us like we have the last couple of years but on defense it's it's all about health because defense is definitely the more talented side of the ball as long as the defense can stay healthy the bears will be able to be in games this year so but uh you know that's how i feel and what worries me is that with the offense that you guys are bringing into Chicago on Sunday, the defense is definitely going to be tested because you're bringing in an offense that um, you didn't lose anybody except for your retired right guard, and everybody is coming back from an offense that absolutely lit up the scoreboard last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and like you said, I I think uh, not much – will change I mean the personnel stayed the same that's why you know know, I've been constantly asked these questions when I go on podcasts Um, is uh, you know Kyle Shanahan's now in San Francisco what's this offense going to look like well I I don't think it's going to change very much at all I mean Steve Sarkisian was brought in and he was brought in to be the one to learn their system not the guys in the building to learn the new offensive coordinator system he's going to keep the zone stretch blocking uh, run game Uh, he's going to keep the bootlegs and play actions that Matt Ryan showed that he was very successful at last season. Um, And then you mentioned, I mean, the personnel is the same. I mean, they have their top three receivers or top four receivers back. Um, You know, they're going to start a new tight end in Austin Hooper, um, Mm. second year player. So, but uh, Atlanta fans are, are very excited about his future. I mean, he, he, he's a fantasy sleeper in fantasy football, Um, And I think he's going to be a guy that that Matt Ryan's going to rely on on third downs um, to move the sticks. And then, you know, they have the undisputed best running back duo in football coming back in Freeman and Coleman. And Freeman now has his long-term deal uh, that he got during the preseason, so he can just play with an open mind. He doesn't have to think about any of that. So, you know, I think it's going to be status quo. I don't think they're going to be setting records like they were last year, but I definitely think this is a top-five offense that, that's going to keep a lot of defensive coordinators up at night.
1: Didn't Matt Ryan take offense to um, basically everyone saying this offense is going to be useless without Kyle Shanahan? I mean, I, I think I remember reading something like that, or at least he got upset or seemed, or maybe he, he shot back at the media or something like that. I, I think there was something like a comment about with with Kyle Shanahan gone, you know, basically, the, so so went the magic of the offense. the
0: Thing and I don't know if you're, if we're getting the same things confused or, or if this is the same thing, but uh, there was uh, Pete Prisco had had an interview with Matt Ryan, where they kind of uh, talked about what went wrong um, in in that fourth quarter of the okay. Super Bowl yeah. as far as far as why why the audible you know why he didn't like uh, Matt Ryan didn't audible out of uh, those pass plays into possibly a run play, and Matt kind of in the most professional way possible kind of said, you know, Kyle didn't allow uh enough time um or, you know, to, to to call the play in and also with the personnel groupings that that the Falcons constantly shuffled in and out didn't really allow for something like that to happen. So that that might have been what you were thinking of. I, I don't Maybe, know if there's yeah. anything uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't know if I mean that's always been very complimentary of Kyle Shanahan and and how he did such a great job and how their relationship grew from that first season when things didn't look so great um and matt had one of his worst seasons as a as a pro but um other than that i you know i don't i don't think there was there was much friction uh you know in the building or to the media from from matt to to, to the media so
1: so any any fear amongst falcons fans any superstition about being the number one, being the, the the Super Bowl loser and the Super Bowl loser jinx, and also being in a division that aside from the Panthers when they went on their little run a couple of years ago where they won it two, three times in a row, you're in a division that has a revolving door at the top, and it always seems that somebody is always in first place that wasn't the year before.
0: I mean, uh, to answer the first question, I, I don't know if fans are really worried about the hangover so much. Uh, you know, despite the history, I, I think a lot of us r- realize that this is a team that kind of was way ahead of schedule last year, and is yeah. just seeing its window open. I mean, playing—I I believe it's eight starters on defense uh, in their in their second or third year, um, which is remarkable. I mean, last year they started four rookies, and and they grew each game, and and even down the stretches when they improved and, and they were at their best. So now they're all coming back with a year under their belt. Um, I think that's part of the reason that we're not we're not very worrisome with with the future of this team. Um, and then especially, I mean, the way that we improved. I mean, we added Don Terry Poe, we added two pieces, another two pieces to our front seven, and Tack McKinley and, and Duke Riley, who, who's, who figures to, to start at one of the three linebacker spots on Sunday. Um, and then you know, just bringing back this offense. Matt Ryan, another year in the system, I mean, he doesn't have to learn a new offense. So for him to be in the third year of this offense, um, I I, I don't see how he can get worse. I I, I only see it going up from here. Um, So and then as far as the division goes, I mean, yes, I mean, this is probably, I think, one of the the toughest divisions in the NFC, if not the entire NFL. And I do think um, all three of them did get better this offseason, at least in the draft. Um, the Bucks got better in the draft, and then in free agency with, with Mike Evans – or, sorry, uh, Deshaun Jackson right. on one side of Mike Evans is going to be scary. I mean, that, that's a matchup that that's going to keep me up at night. And then adding Chris Baker on the other side of the ball in the middle, a very underrated signing. I, you know, every time I would watch the, the Redskins play, that, that dude would, would be in the backfield causing havoc. So um, him next to Gerald McCoy – uh, I, I think those two pieces could get the Bucks over the top and into the playoffs for the first time since 07. Yeah. Um, you know, Carolina, I, I think Carolina will be improved. Uh, you know, I still have my doubts about, you know, the wide receivers on the outside, um, and then their back end, their secondaries, you know, very young and, and, and unproven. So if they're not getting pressure on the quarterback with the front seven, much like the Bears, I think if the Bears aren't getting pressure with their front seven, you can take advantage of the Panthers' secondary. Um, but I would probably put them maybe third, and then I, I think the Saints still have will keep them relevant with 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 the offense. But um, I still think they have a lot lot of holes in, in their defense that that haven't been patched up yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and when I when I did my my Saints preview, that was pretty much the conversation uh, that we had was that um, you know the the Saints are. It's either they're gonna be they're gonna be great or they're gonna be terrible because the offense always seems to keep chugging along as long as Drew Brees is healthy and they went seven and nine without a defense last year and they still didn't do much to get that defense any better um, this year and the, the the Panthers are the true wild card in my opinion because they're either gonna be you know are they going to be the team they were in 2015 or are they gonna repeat 2016 uh, again, you know, the answer to that question could seal could decide the fate of the division, uh, in my opinion. If they can be at the 2015 team again, and then, you know, things could get ugly in the in the South for the Falcons. So, uh, and then the Bucks. You know, I'm in agreement with you. They 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 had a great off season. Um, they did it. You know, did well in the draft. O.J. Howard falling into their lap was a, a nightmare uh, for defenses in the NFL. Uh, period. And then adding Deshaun Jackson to Mike Evans and you know, um, if they can if they can put a decent running game together, they're going to be bonkers on offense this year.
0: Yeah, agreed on, on all those points right there.
1: So we got week one on Sunday, and we were talking just a bit before we got started and talking about how bananas week one can be. Now, I've been running a pick-em-league with a bunch of friends for like the last 10 or 11 years, and week one has been notoriously impossible to predict you know i mean we've had people that can do as well as three uh 13 and three and i've also seen people do as bad as like five and 11 just because what made sense in 2016 did not make sense or excuse me what made sense last year doesn't make sense in week one it's a brand new season and week one goes a long way in proving that and then you have the schizophrenia of like what don't don't fall in love with what happens in week one because week two can prove all of that to be uh untrue and and the reason i bring that up is you know it's week one so people shouldn't be too crazy you know uh or or surprised if the bears manage to win this home game against the falcons on sunday crazier things have happened on week one but logic would say the falcons are more more than likely to come out on top on sunday
0: yeah i mean they're definitely the favorites. And, there's been, and they should be, I mean, based off of last year's results. Um, but I, I do very much think that this has the makings of a trap game if, if they take it lightly, which which I don't expect them to do. I mean, I expect this to be a revenge tour type season for the Falcons. I think Dan Quinn's going to have his bunch uh, prepared for every single contest. But there are um, ways that the Bears can potentially exploit the Falcons or or at least fight with the Falcons that Falcons have shown in the past to you know to be their Achilles heel I mean I when I look at this matchup I point to last year's uh Falcons versus Eagles matchup when the Eagles basically controlled both lines of scrimmage and held on to the football for a good two-thirds of the game um and made it into a slop fest low scoring contest and basically ran it down the throats of the Falcons uh, to the point of, you know, beating them in their building when, you know, looking back at the Eagles, you know, Falcons should have lost that game. But uh, the Falcons, you know, one weakness, weakness last year was, I mean, if you keep their offense off the field and, and you can run on them, um, that's kind of the recipe for success. And I think the Bears have the same personnel that they can possibly pull something like that off. I mean, they have a top five offensive line and quite arguably – you know, maybe a top three, top two interior of their offensive line. If Kyle Long's healthy. You know, you got Kyle Long, uh, Cody Whitehair, and Josh Sitton. I mean, that's that's solid up the middle. Yeah. And I, I that's that led to uh, Jordan Howard having uh, his breakout rookie season. Um, so with him back, I mean, I, I don't see him having a sophomore slump by any means, uh, especially with that offensive line in front. So – if they can run the ball, move the chains, running the clock, you know, make it a knock them out, drag them out game. Um, Glennon just has to make a few throws, uh, you know, and keep that offense of the Falcons on the on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, that that could be how this game could be scary for for Falcons fans.
1: Yeah, and then if the if the defense can do something that has had a hell of a time doing for the last couple of years, and that's generate a couple of takeaways, then that could go a long way into. Uh, into neutralizing that, uh, that uh, that that you know, in, enormous offense that you guys have.
0: Right. Uh, and I was listening to uh, another Bears podcast that, that one of my Falcons friends was on uh, this week, and I guess the Bears were the league worst last year, 11 takeaways or some, something like that. I'm pretty sure we're uh, the
1: worst over the last few years, actually. So.
0: Oh, a few years. Oh, wow. It's, it's Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's been pretty bad. If you, if you, so, I mean, it turned out – Turnover battle settles a lot of football games, as, sure. as we all know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, pressure yeah, on Matt Ryan. I mean, that that's another way to slow down this offense, slow, slow down any offense. And I think, you know, Leonard Floyd was someone you talked about, and I'm as high on him as I think a lot of Bears fans are. I think he has the potential to have a Vic Beasley-esque second-year jump uh, in this league. I mean, he showed in a limited time span because he was hurt uh, for a couple games, I think, last year with Leonard Floyd.
1: Yes, he and he, he
0: put up seven sacks and uh, lots of pressures. And I think his speed and uh, showing some power off the edge. I mean, he's going to be a guy, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the year, double digit 15 sacks type type season for Leonard Floyd. Um, and then they got Willie Young, you know, compliment him. They got a few guys off the edge on the opposite side that can compliment him. And that, that, that's the nation of a good pass rush. So, you know, those guys stay healthy and, uh, you know, if they're at least healthy for week one, I mean, they, they have a shot to, to get Atlantis some trouble uh, off the edge.
1: Well, I hope that that is the case. You know, I, I would like for it to at least be exciting uh, throughout the uh, throughout the afternoon. And, um, you know, I, I, I wish you guys uh, the best of luck from week two through the rest of the season. <laughs> but I, I hope you guys fall flat on your faces on Sunday so that, that we can have a a victory monday review episode next week.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, last year Falcons dropped their first one and and uh, I think they did pretty well for themselves in the next uh you know, what was it? I mean, it, if it happens, so be it. I I think um they would be all right. They could bounce back, but uh, I right. I know the the doubters and and the critics would come flocks if if that if that happened i mean they're already pretty loud as it is about the falcon super bowl hangover and and that they can't overcome a loss like that so if they lose them they're going to be looking uh, pretty high and mighty come monday but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there if we get there
1: right right well i for one god forbid if the bears can't pull it off on sunday i won't be writing the falcons off it's a long season and like i said it was a you know, week one and, and and stranger things have happened. And like, you know, we've talked about a couple times already, they dropped that first game to Tampa Bay uh, last year, and they ended up, you know, doing all right uh, throughout the season last year. So uh, even if the Bears managed to pull it off on Sunday, um, you know, that that won't be the end of the Falcons and certainly wouldn't be, uh, in my opinion. I, I would not be uh, throwing any dirt on Atlanta's grave uh, if the Bears managed to win. Uh, on Sunday so uh, you know like I said I, I appreciate you coming back and um, you know uh, best of luck on uh, Sunday and uh, we hope to talk to you again real soon
0: yeah Larry thanks a lot I really appreciate you having me on again good time
1: my pleasure Matt Carolee from Blogging Dirty uh, where else can we find you Matt
0: yeah, if you're on Twitter you can follow me at Matt Caroly, M-A-T-T-K-A-R-O-L-Y and uh, you can follow my work at bloggingdirty.com I, I should have an article out tomorrow um, talking about three things that the Falcons must do to avoid the uh, week one upset. So I touched on a little a couple of them here, but uh, you can go take a look at what the Bears uh, need to do if they want to uh, upset the Falcons on Sunday.
1: All right, so give that a look, bloggingdirty.com. Matt Carole, uh thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, Larry, have a good night. Enjoy football. Indeed.
1: And of course, we want to thank our guest, Matt Carrolly from com for joining us and helping us preview this game. Week one between our Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. And, um, you know, uh, I pretty much, uh, you know, I have to agree with what Matt was saying. If, if the Bears are going to have success on Sunday, um, we got to keep Matt Ryan and company off of the field as much as humanly possible. Basically the same strategy we want to take against the Packers. Uh, You keep Aaron Rodgers and company off of the field that increases your chances of, uh, you know, a victory. Um, You know, the the Bears just need to be efficient and smart on offense, move the chains, run the football, uh, mix up some passes, use the play action that you're that we're naturally going to have with Jordan Howard. You know, come out running the football, you know, try to get that established and help to kind of, you know, get the defense uh, kind of leaning in, you know, so that when we do go with the play fake, they're actually believing it. And uh, it's going to open some things up for us uh, down the field. And, um, you know, take some shots. Uh, See if Kevin uh, White still has some wheels. See if, uh, you know, Kendall Wright can find a spot and, you know, get Deion Sims and, you know, see if Shaheen can get us a jump ball in the end zone and uh, things like that. And on defense – uh, you know, it's all about, you know, bend but don't break. Uh, you know, get him out as soon as possible. Get after Matt Ryan. Get after him. You know, not saying that he has a problem with pressure or anything like that, but the more we're hitting him, uh, you know, the less he's going to get off a clean pass, the The greater the chances are of us picking one off and getting the football back uh, in our offense's hands uh, and so on. So, I mean, that's the basically what I want to see out of this team on Sunday. You know, we we need to be opportunistic uh, on defense, and we need to be smart and efficient uh, on offense and uh, suffocate the football on offense. You know, just suffocate it. Keep that time of possession favor uh, on our side because you saw what happened uh, in the Super Bowl. I mean, granted, that was last season, and, and things are different now, but, you know, the strategy worked for the Patriots in the second half of that football game. They owned the football. And that's how the the comeback began, and that's how they were able to mount it, uh, you know, and wore the Falcons down as the game went along. Uh, that's basically the blueprint on how you can uh, beat this football team. So, um, you know, I think if the Bears can weather an early storm, you know, and, and uh, you know not let the Falcons get out ahead early, then uh, I think as this as it goes along into the second half, as long as we're in it, we have a chance, you know. Now, I do think that the Falcons are most likely to win this game on Sunday. But like I said, it's the NFL. Stranger things have happened. And I just got a funny feeling about the Bears' chances in this game, especially with all the the hate slash doubt being thrown in our direction about what this football team is or will be or, or, or whatever uh, with the media. Not that I think they're going to shoot straight up into the top 10. God forbid we win this game. Uh, on Sunday but um, I think we're a hell of a lot better than the bottom third uh, of the league so um, you know I I do think that this is a 500 football team this season you know I I really do and if we can weather the first eight games and steal three or four victories things could get interesting in the second half that's for sure so um, but that's my my, my quickie uh, preview my, my analysis if you will on what I think the Bears need to do uh, to pull out the victory over the Falcons on Sunday. And, um, you know, that's it. I'm going to close the book on it. I'm going to go watch the second half of this Kansas City-New England game and see what's going on there. And uh, as I start, you know, getting soup, get all jacked up and ready for the Bears and the Falcons on Sunday, Sunday at noon cannot get here fast enough. You know what I'm saying? I just cannot wait of the game to get kicked off we will be back on monday will it be a victory episode or will we be looking at what all went wrong come back on monday and find out until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review